As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Hopefully you get that money back, but you might not. But when it's backed by real estate, at least there's some security there for them too. So as personable as you can be, as much information as you can give, I think those are the most important things. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template 
should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Melissa Johnson. Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for... Joining us today, a little bit about Melissa. She's a full-time real estate investor and the co-founder of San Antonio Invest Her Meetup Group. She has 17 years of real estate experience and has completed over 1,000 flips, as well as has a portfolio of rental properties and notes. She is based in San Antonio, Texas, and her website is themelissajohnson.com. So Melissa, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. So like you said, got started 17 long years ago. Lots changed since then. Came from sort of a corporate background, working for a defense contractor and started flipping part-time while I was still working for that company and gradually transitioned into doing real estate full-time, which has been awesome because I have five kids And I love the lifestyle, the flexibility that real estate has provided for me, especially as a mom. It's been a really big blessing. Do mostly a lot of rehabbing over the last few years, though. We've transitioned more into wholesaling. I still do rehab, but I cherry pick those. And I'm still working toward building up my portfolio. I really like creating notes. Got a few rental properties. Those really, that's not my favorite place to be, but I know it's important to have a diverse portfolio. So still working on those. Lately, I've been kind of moving into the coaching space just because I'm really seeing a need for that, especially for women right now. There's a lot of women that want to get started, but they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. They don't plan. So I was finding myself doing that anyway, just randomly here and there talking to people. I do a lot of networking, been part of masterminds and things like that. So I was really starting to see that coming around as a thing. So I'm still doing the real estate thing, but I'm also trying to help and coach women in the business too right now. Thank you for sharing that. So a big thing that people like to focus on, or I guess a goal a lot of people have is they're working a corporate job and real estate is their way to get out of the corporate job. And so you mentioned that you started in the corporate world started flipping part-time, ultimately transitioned into full-time, and I'm assuming you left that job. So can you maybe walk us through how that process worked for you? How did you know that it was time to leave your job? Was it based off of some dollar amount? Was it a feeling that you had? Were you just enough is enough? How did that work? It was more the enough is enough. (laughs) I've reached a place where I knew that there wasn't anywhere else to go in that company, And it was a great time and I love the people and everything there, but I knew that there was a glass ceiling there for me. And the big thing was, I'll never forget when we did, it was like our first or second deal maybe. And we got this check and I looked at the check and I 
looked at my paycheck and I said, oh my God, that's what I take home in a year from one deal. And it didn't take much longer after that, maybe like a month or two. And I just said, I can't go to this place anymore and be miserable. I really just want to focus on real estate at this time because it'd be crazy not to. This was pretty quick that after your first or second deal when you left. Well, not necessarily. It started that way, but there was buffer time, but I knew that I needed to have that escape plan. But Mm -hmm. that's when I knew that I couldn't stay there anymore. So I think it was maybe six months after that, something like that, that I knew I wanted to do it full time. Sure. So do you make enough money on that deal to cover living expenses for a certain amount of time? How did you pay for living expenses once you had left your job? By doing more deals. (laughs) It's like when you get pushed out there, you got to do what you got to do, right? So I had the security blanket of the job for a long time. But then when that was done, every bit of energy, focus, money went back into the company to grow that and to do more deals but not to do so many deals to where I was overwhelmed. It was more of a building the business around our life. Okay. And then how are you funding the deals in the beginning? So right away, was this your own personal money? Were you doing lines of credit, credit cards? How are you funding the deals in the beginning? So all of my deals, even to this day, are all funded with private money. I'm a big fan of private money and I like to encourage people to go out there and find and raise private money and build those relationships because I think that's been a really big key to our success is being able to leverage private money. So let's talk about the journey relating to private money. So let's talk about your first deal. Who are your investors on your first deal? It was actually a really cool thing when I look back at it now. There was a mentor and the mentor was actually our private money lender. So it worked out beautifully because we were able to work with him as far as being mentored by him. We did a lot of the self-education stuff on our own, but he was there when stuff would come up. We'd say, well, this is happening. How should I handle this? So that was a big plus. But then it was great too, because he had the funds available. So be able Mm -hmm. to send him all the info on the deal. He'd say, yeah, that sounds good. And he would fund it. He would take 50% of the profits, which sounds awful. But we would subtract from that all of our marketing costs. So that helped. And then we went on like that for, I don't know, maybe two years top, something like that. And eventually broke that relationship off and turned that into just a strictly private money lending relationship instead of a mentorship. Mm -hmm. But it was a good way to get your feet wet and to have the benefit of somebody's experience. It's been doing it for a really long time. And then to have those funds available too, it was just a great overall strategy for us in the beginning. How did you meet this person? And then not having done deals before, how did you get them to trust you and give you their money to invest? That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. It was really great because it was actually somebody that we knew. So that's something that I encourage people when they are looking for private money is to reach out to people that you know. So it just happened that we actually knew this person already. He had done some deals with my father-in-law at the time, and he had been working with him for a while. So we had a lot of credibility already going into it, which I think helped out a lot. So you said after two years, he was no longer a mentor, just a private money lender. So Mm -hmm. is he, to this day, the only person to invest, or did you eventually grow to a kind of a larger pool of investors. I'm assuming you did. And so what are some of your tips for after you've established yourself with people that you know, friends and families, usually how people start, how do you then 
expand out to others? One of the things is just going to where the money is. If you've worked on your network, knowing it's just talking about what you do all the time, I guess is really the big key. It's really about networking. It's connecting with people. So say you've done a couple of deals, like we did a lot of deals with that private money lender. Well, then we put this whole, it was awful at the time, like it's cheesy presentation kind of thing, but it worked because then we were able to say, okay, these are deals that we've done. Here's the numbers. Here's the holding time. Here's how much money was made on the deal. Here's how much interest that we paid out. So once you have a proof of concept there that you can take that to other people and as you're talking and you're networking with all these other people, you have actual things to show them. Like here is a sample of our deals that we've done. It's proof. So that gives you credibility and then being able to just build those relationships from there. So we did a lot of outreach kind of things just to network and, okay, well, if you can't lend, do you know somebody that might? And then reaching out to those people finding business owners that have money, finding people that have lines of credit, people that have IRAs that are looking to invest money out of those accounts are all good places. And then even doing searches on MLS and looking for cash solds and going back in the research and finding out who funded those deals and reaching out to them and pitching them on lending. So what does that reaching out process look like? Are you just sending them your presentation or is it more you're just talking about what you do and then see if they're interested. Is it a proactive hard attack or is it more of like a soft, hey, I'm doing this. And then they're like, oh, that sounds great. I want to do that too. It's a conversation. It's just, hey, we're doing this stuff. I know you might have some money laying around if you're interested. And once you can show people what their money can do for them, it's a huge game changer. If you can say, hey, I'm willing to pay you 8, 10, 12% interest. You're not going to make that at a bank. Let me show you how to do this. And the great thing about this too is you've got real estate. So you've got property actually attached to this. So it makes it a lot more desirable for them, I guess, knowing that there's real property attached to all these deals instead of just, we're going to loan you $100,000 to spend on whatever, marketing, overhead, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully you get that money back, but you might not. But when it's backed by real estate, at least there's some security there for them too. Mm -hmm. So as personable as you can be, as much information as you can give. I think those are the most important things, just really connecting with people and really showing them what you can do for them. If I invest with you, am I investing in a particular deal? And then what does that structure look like? So how long is the loan? And what are the terms of the loan? So what I do, I typically borrow purchase plus rehab because I'm getting private funds for rehabs. So when we do wholesales, we're just assigning contracts. We're not double closing those anymore. So I don't count those, but for rehabs, it's purchased and rehab cost. It used to be 12% interest, but over the years, and this is another thing with just proof of concept and time and building the relationship down to 8% with my private money lenders. And then one of them charges a point and then another one I've got that just charges straight loan origination fees. I have a couple of lenders that just do that. So it's like a $200 origination fee that gets paid on the back end. I do no payments. So when we close the property on the sale, they get all the money back then plus the interest. And those are the main points. Okay. And we do a term for one year also, because I don't want to hold anything longer than that. 
If we need to extend it, we do have a clause in there that allows us to extend if the lender agrees to it. Okay. So it's up to one year. So one of the deals sold is when, okay. Right, right. And I don't think I've ever had to use that extension clause because we move everything within that time period. Okay. And then last question before the money question, what is the number one source for your deals? And let's say since you now aren't doing strictly fix and flips, you're kind of cherry picking those, the actual fix and flips, not the wholesale, but what's the number one source for the deals that you get in and you actually take to fix and flip? I know at one time it was primarily through organic traffic, just because I've had a website before most people had a website. So I got that going in my favor. So a lot of them come in organically through the website and then recently just started direct mail again, which I had quit doing for several years because the online was doing so well. So most of the deals that we're getting now are from direct mail. Okay, Melissa, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best advice ever is to find a coach or a mentor. I cannot stress enough how important it is to have somebody to guide you and to show you the benefit of their experience and to have that good relationship with somebody that can really help you along the way. Okay. Ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. If you have a smaller rental portfolio, then here's a no-brainer for you. Hemlane's property management platform automates the entire rental life cycle. With connections to local agents and maintenance coordinators, you are in control and have more free time. Check them out at hemlane.com. That's H-E-M-L-A-N-E.com. Okay, Melissa, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I've recently read, hands down, is Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would do one of two things, evaluate and execute or plan and pivot. So by evaluating, executing, just looking at the situation, was there anything I could have done differently? Was there something out of my control? Can I change this? Can I fix this? If I can, what are the things to do? And then execute on that. If it doesn't fit in any of that, then plan and pivot. What am I going to do now? Am I going to do something different? And then figuring that out and then doing that. What is your best ever deal? This can be in terms of dollar amount or some other definition of best. Best ever deal to date was in 2017. It was a flip, came in from an organic lead from the website. And it was a perfect example of how important it is to buy right. So we bought the property for $130,000 and we rehabbed it, spent $44,000 on the rehab, spent about another $23,000 getting it closed, all the realtor fees, cost, all that. And sold it for $292,900 and made $95,395.01. And then what about on the flip side, a deal that you've lost money on? How much money you lost and then any lessons that you learned? I try not to lose any money. (laughs) And I've only lost money on a handful, but I did look back and 
the worst deal ever. I lost $18,754 on, and that was last year, actually. So it just goes to show you, no matter how much experience you have, you can still have those problems. That one was an unknown equity lead that came in. And I learned a lot from that one. It was learning mostly about myself. I got busy. I got complacent. I let things go on for too long. And I had a multitude of issues. I had contractor issues. I had house broken into multiple times, things stolen, things damaged, destroyed. Everything I feel like could go wrong did on that property. But it made me realize that no matter how long I've been doing this, I still need to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening. And it made me look at what I was doing and make some changes too with the business. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? I love helping other people. I love coaching people. I love mentoring people. I love talking to people about what they're going through. So I run the free real estate group for women in San Antonio, women investors. I do volunteer also with high school students that are looking to get into business through the NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners. They do a mentorship program, so I'm a part of that. So that's all I have to give back. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me would be on my website. That's themelissajohnson.com. And I've got a lot of things happening over there. Also um, on Instagram, I have a lot of content there and Facebook and LinkedIn also. Perfect, Melissa. Well, thank you for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice. Some of my biggest takeaways was talking about transitioning out of the full-time job into full-time real estate. And it was mostly just enough was enough. He talked about how you saw one of your first checks and realized that it was essentially the exact same as how much you made at your job. So eventually after a few months, decided to leave. And then as you no longer had that security blanket, you invested all of your time into your real estate business because you had to make money to live off of. We talked a lot about private money, your journey from starting off with private money from a mentor who had a previous relationship with, and he was your investor. And eventually you transitioned and scaled to other people. And you can't give us a lot of ways that you are able to raise money. The main way was getting out there and talking to everyone you know about what you do and just having a conversation with them, providing educational content on how it works, how they can make money from investing in real estate as a passive investor. You talked about how you had a <laughs> cheesy presentation that you'd give to people at first. Everyone knows about those. I like this so you'd find people and even if they said that they weren't interested, or that they couldn't do it, you wouldn't just say, okay, let me know if you change your mind. You'd also say, but do you know anyone else? And so using anyone you talk to, to be a potential source, either themselves or someone that they know. We talked about specifically targeting business owners, people with lines of credit, IRAs, looking at people who had bought real estate all cash via looking it up on the MLS. We talked about the structure and you talked about your deals are coming through organic traffic from your website and then also from your restarting direct mailing that you had stopped for a while. And then your best advice was to find a mentor or a coach, which we kind of talked about. Great source for education as well as a great source for contacts as well as money. So Melissa, thanks again for joining us. Thank best you. listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.